0: Hello, I'm Pastor Isaac Hammond from Neely United Methodist Church at 1755 Thomas Deplet, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70802. And we're so blessed to be in your presence today with the Word of God. And we hope that this finds you in good health and in peace and walking with Jesus Christ. There is a word for us today that God is sending us to help us a long path journey it can help us in this lifetime, even into eternity. And that word is coming from the book of Amos, the seventh chapter, seven verse through the fifteenth verse. And in that chapter and in that passage of scripture, God tells Amos that he's putting the nation of Israel up to a plumb line and they have not measured up. A plumb line is something where you can drop from a distance above and it will tell you what's plumb with the earth. It should be a 90 degree angle wherever it is dropped. And if it's not being built right, not, uh, the building is not centered or if the building is kind of cornered, the plumb line will show it and reveal that it's not being built the right way. And God told Amos that he was going to drop a plumb line to let the people of Israel know where they had fallen short of his glory. In the book of Amos, you see many passages of scriptures that Martin Luther King used in his ministry, trying to warn us of what is to come. And God is still speaking to us today. Amos is the oldest prophet book in the Bible, He's the first prophet to speak and have his words written in the Bible in a traditional prophet sense. God called this man who was a shepherd and a worker in the vineyard who felt as though he should not have been a prophet. He was a humble man, but God said, no longer are you a shepherd, man of sheep, but I'm calling you to speak on behalf of God to the world. And Amos was letting us know uh, by the words of God that we should love one another. In the days of Amos, the Bible tells us, it was about 760 or 7750 before Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that they mistreated each other because of money. They mistreated the poor. They mistreated each other. When they went to worship, they just worship God in the tabernacle. But when they went home, there was no worship of God in their life. And God was saying, I'm tired of it now. If you're going to worship me on Sunday at 11 a.m., then worship me when you deal with your co-worker on the job. Show that you are a Christian. Show that you are a walker with me and love me. Because how will they, uh, you say that you love me, who you've never seen before, but yet hate the neighbor that you see every day? And they shall know you by the love that you carry. They mistreated each other. They mistreated the poor. They made laws against uh, the common day people. The rich folk made deals behind closed doors. And all this is written right there in the Scripture. And God was saying in Amos 3, chapter 14, verse, that judgment was coming because they mistreated their people. Then in Amos 4, chapter 4, verse, it says their worship was vain because God said, I, I, I don't want to hear the singing of the choir. I don't want to hear the music from the violins because it does not mean nothing to me because it's just vain worship on your behalf. How can you sing God's song on Sunday then cuss your friend out on Monday? How can you sing hymns to God on Sunday when you hate your co-worker on Tuesday and say things with that same mouth that you sung to God that shouldn't be repeated on man's behalf? And God is saying that your worship is not real because if you truly worship me, The same way you worship me in my house, you ought to worship me in your house. He says, your your, your family, would they say you are a believer in God by seeing what you do at the house? Your worship should be more than just a worship experience on Sunday. It should be a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. Then in Amos, the fifth chapter, twenty-four verse, he says that you don't have a pure heart. They were looking for ways to hurt people, to run money schemes and to do all those things to create an unfair system. And God is saying, I see all and I know all. There's nothing that you can hide from me. I know your ways and I know what's in your heart. What are you letting your heart lead you to do? What is it that you thought about over the last week? Is it something that would benefit God? What was the last conversation you had with your friend or your family member? Was it something to bless them or was it about mess or some confusion that's going on in the world? When was the last time you planted good seed in somebody's ear and blessed them along their life journey? What's in your heart? God has dropped a plumb line to see. To let you see where you measure up to his true calling for your life. Then in chapter 7, Amos told us that we should pray. These are lessons uh, from Amos. First, that God is going to judge us. Second, that we should not have vain worship when it comes to praising God. Third, we should have a pure heart when we have Our friends in mind and have good intentions to truly be the hands of Christ, the feet of Christ, the voice of Christ in this world. And we should pray is another lesson. Chapter 7 tells us in the book of Amos that God was going to send a plague to destroy all of the people. And God changed his mind because Amos began to pray. And when he prayed, he prayed a prayer for mankind. When was the last time you picked up man and presented it to God in prayer? When was the last time you interceded on somebody's behalf? God has dropped the plumb line. These are the things that he wants you to do. To be blessed, to be an overcomer, to have an overflow of abundance in your life. We have to line up to the word of God because he's dropped the plumb line for us to center ourselves. And to see are we being built on the right destination. The fifth lesson that comes from the book of Amos is God sees all sin. Amos 9 and 8, God says, I've seen all that you do. In other words, God knows everything. If you make your bed in hell, he knows. If you make your bed in the highest mountain, he knows. He's there. There's nothing too hard for God. He even tells us in the book of Amos, if you go down to the depths of the sea, you still can't hide. Because God said, I will call the serpent to come up to destroy you that's in the deep. So remember, you cannot hide from God and God knows the heart. So he said, I'm dropping the plumb line to let you know where you don't line up in the word of God. And as the prophet Amos came forth and began his ministry, the first couple of chapters of his book, he begins to speak about all the nations that were around Israel. And God commenced judgment on them. Then he came to Israel last, his chosen people. See, that lets me know that God is in control of all mankind. He even says, don't I love the Ethiopian like I love the Jew? Don't I love the Egyptian and the Amorite? God loves everybody if they will come to him in fellowship and receive his son as their salvation and their redemption to cover them for their sins, to come back home, to be with him one day. God is in control of all things. He's a sovereign God an all-knowing God. an all-powerful God. And there's nothing that can go forth that he does not know. We are blessed to be in line with God. And to have fellowship with him. For he's the creator of the universe. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. We have somebody with the Father interceding on our behalf. Talking to him. And he knows our prayers. He knows our utterance. When we can't come up with the word. We speak in tongues. And God still knows what's going on in our life. Because our spirits speak out. And yell out to the Father who gave it life. So God knows everything. And sometimes he'll use the unexpected things. To bring forth what he wants in your life. Too many times we say the enemy did it. But it may have been God pushing that enemy to lead you in the right direction on a new job, in a new place, in a new city. God uses the unexpected things to make way for the new. But one thing about it, after all that the people of God had done wrong in mistreating each other and lying on each other and mistreating the poor and making laws that hurt the common day man, for the rich people making deals behind closed doors for advancement of themselves, for the lack of the pure heart and their vain worship and the lack of praying and being sinful in their life. God still, by Act Amos, the ninth chapter, at the end of that chapter and the end of the book, God said, But I'm going to send you some hope. And that's what I leave with you today. The hope of glory. The hope of glory is Jesus Christ. For he told them, I will bring you back after I send you to exile for your punishment. And 40 years after Amos wrote this book, they carried the people of Israel off to slavery. But God said, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back and restore you shall plant grapes and vines and bring forth and get the wine from it. You shall plant fruit and the fruit shall you shall eat because I'm bringing you back home. That's one thing we have with God. As long as we have Jesus Christ in our life, we have hope that tomorrow can be better. We have hope that things can change. We have hope that we can be better in our life. We have hope that we... Have the power to be an overcomer, but it all lies in knowing and having Jesus Christ in your life. Because whatever the devil may have stolen, God can put it back. He can replace what the canker worm has stolen and devoured in your life. Let him have your life so he could put it all back together again. I'm gonna say a prayer today to somebody who may not know Jesus and may not know him in the pardon of your sins. And if you believe by faith, all you have to do is say, Lord, I repent of my sins. Let me be part of your family. Let us pray. Gracious God, I come now. Father, forgive me. I repent of my sins, the ones I did knowing as well as unknowing. Lord God, have your way. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he gave the Lord's Supper one night and then died on the cross of Calvary for my sin the next night. I believe that he was placed in a borrowed tomb, but early that Sunday morning, after three days, he got up with all power in his hand. I believe, wash me, cleanse me, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I thank you. Let me be pardoned of the Holy Family of God forever when you return. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. We love you at Neely. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube under Neely Church Ministries. N-E-E-L-Y Church Ministries. And remember, keep a smile on your face for that smile may be blessing somebody along the way. Be blessed, people of God.